It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A happy Monday to you. Not the best weekend of Toronto Blue Jay baseball. Thank goodness for Nate Pearson and the Kevin Biggio Heroics salvaging at least one game from that Minnesota series right yesterday on Sunday. On today's Locked On Blue Jay podcast, in the first segment, we're going to put a bow on what we saw in that now recently completed seven-game homestand. In the second segment, we're going to get set for the nine-game road trip starting tomorrow night with three at Baltimore. This one is a doozy. And in the third and final segment, we'll have some fun with some numbers included in there today. Some mentions about guys like Juan Guzman and Munenori Kawasaki. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Craig Ballard, Locked On Blue Jays. Yes, indeed, I am Locked On. The Toronto Blue Jays have been for pretty much my entire life. A lot of people here in Toronto, you know, Maple Leaf fans, and every time I hear them talking about being a Leaf fan, it's always generational, right? Their their parents, their grandparents, their aunts, their uncles, their family got them into Toronto Maple Leaf hockey. For me, that's how I got into Toronto Blue Jay baseball. So, longtime fan. Do thank you for spending part of your day talking Toronto Blue Jay baseball with me. If you're taking this in on the Locked On Blue Jay podcast YouTube page, thank you for that. Please do hit that subscribe, that like, and, and leave me a comment as well. If you're one of the everydayers making the Locked On Blue Jay podcast your first podcast, listen every single day. Certainly want to thank you for that. On Apple, want to shout out Hooligan1975. I saw a recent five-star rating and a great comment, so thank you for that. Al Moose, hope I'm saying that right. Al Moose with a five-star rating and a great comment as well. If you are taking this in on Apple, please do hit that five-star. Would really appreciate that. Remember now, the Locked On Blue Jay podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. That's your team every day. And just want to remind you that you can take in every Toronto Blue Jay game this season on SiriusXM. Overall, a 4-3 and homestand for the Toronto Blue Jays. Hmm. Certainly one. I think we would probably agree perhaps even two wins left on the table in this homestand, right? I mean, the, the not, not game one, not that 11-4 loss against Houston. That was 6 nothing before fans even got to their seats. Not that one, 11-4 final, but certainly those two Minnesota losses, my goodness, at least one of those should have been a Toronto Blue Jay victory. And a once mighty home team, the Toronto Blue Jays, now just 10-10 and 10 over their last 20 at the Rogers Centre. And, and the previous uh, setting of 20 games, they had won 14 of the, of the previous 20. 10 wins in their last 20 games at Rogers Centre. Remember, this was a team that when they were finally able to come back from, from, the, uh, from COVID in 2021, they were finally able, able to come back to the Rogers Centre. They absolutely wreaked havoc. They were awesome. I think they were 24-11, and 11, I believe it was. Like, just it, absolutely incredible. They were very good at home last season as well. So... So a bump in the road, definitely. I mean, everydayers will will recall we've deep dived this schedule many times. Could some of this be contributed to some fatigue early on? I very much would very much think so. This schedule has been a bear early on for the Toronto Blue Jays. In fact, now, I mean, don't look now, but this nine-game homestand, this is against three teams who, if the playoffs started today, they're all playoff teams. I will say this. The next time the Toronto Blue Jays play a playoff team after this road trip, it's not until a few series into, I'm sorry, at the other side of the All-Star break. Remember now, the schedule gets significantly better for the Toronto Blue Jays after the All-Star break. So just trying to stick around, stick in that playoff hunt, stick in that playoff chase. Hopefully the the hitting is going to come around, in particular the clutch hitting, and hopefully Alec Manoa gets back and the Blue Jays can make a run in the second half. The schedule sets up for them to be able to make a run in the second half. 
Now, as for this four and three recently completed homestand, what did we see here? Well, George Springer overall six for 24, but he finished hot. George Springer finished five for his last 10 in this homestand. Remember, had to, that pinch hit double, followed that up with a, with a double later on uh, the other day as well. And then I believe, didn't he open up the next game with a double? Or, or he might have gotten uh, out and then a double after. He had like a real nice run. He either had three doubles in a row or like three doubles in, in four at-bats. And that was in the last couple of games. That that was over the weekend. So hopefully he's starting to get hot. Bo Bichette, oh boy, Bo Bichette just six for 29 in this homestand. Had that god-awful at-bat on Friday that was a key contributor to that loss for the Blue Jays. Remember the winning run on third base, less than two outs. So who on earth knows what kind of a bat that was? Who on earth knows what kind of swing decisions and, and pitches he was chasing? I mean, my goodness. Bo, over the course of this homestand, lost 22 points off that batting average. So Bo right now experiencing, you know, the ebbs and flows, right, of a major league season. But uh, hopefully he's going to, you know, get that going sooner rather than later. You know how when Bo's on, we know, right, he's absolutely awesome. Now, he, he did hit a home run off of uh, Blanco in the fourth inning of Wednesday's win. So that was some some good news there. But after that, Bo finished the homestand just 2 for 20 and actually was 0 for 5 yesterday. So, again, certainly not losing faith, certainly not down on Bo. We, we know, I mean, he's been just so, so darn good this season. But truth be told, lost 22 points off his batting average in this homestand. Does need to turn things back around. Slim Daddy Vladdy, 6 for 26 and... Yet again, I mean, stop me if you've heard this before. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., as many home runs at the Rogers Center this season as you or I have. Do you have any home runs at the Rogers Center this season? Nor do I. Nor do I. Nor does Vlad. Nor does Vlad. I'm absolutely stuck. He had 19 at Rogers Center last season. 19. Still looking for his first. In 2023, I'm absolutely stunned. Now, he does have nine road home runs, so hopefully this nine-game road trip, you know, by the time this is done, I'd like to see that be, you know, more like 13 or 14, right? How about Matt Chapman? Matt Chapman just two for 18 on this home stand. He continued his free fall. Now, he did have that big home run in Sunday, right? Hopefully something that's going to spark him. But, I mean, since his April Player of the Month all told Matt Chapman 27 for 143. So since that April Player of the Month, Matt Chapman is hitting 189. Holy moly. Holy moly. John Schneider running him out there in the the cleanup spot every day, hitting 189 in the last month and a half of this season at home, which you believe it's even worse. I I beg your pardon. In June, I mean, sorry, it's even worse. It's not like it's on an uptick. In June, he's down to 147. Now, again, did have that good game Sunday, right? Had that sack fly. Hopefully that was a good good at-bat. We were looking for a hit. <laughs> we were looking to rally in the bottom of that first, being being down a, a 4 nothing quick. But anyway, did, did get that sack fly and then that home run. And certainly worth mentioning here. This is worth mentioning. Matt Chapman in that series where Baltimore swept the Blue Jays, unfortunately, a few weeks back, he did face the a Baltimore starter for game one. That's Dean Kramer. And he homered off him a few weeks back. So hopefully we're going to see... We're never going to see April Matt Chapman back. April Matt Chapman was a video game, and, and that's not what the expectations are. But my goodness, the 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 free fall that he's taken, right? He he would have to he would have to get really hot on this road trip just to get up to two hundred since then. Like um, my goodness, well, he, he he talk about guys that need to turn it around. My goodness, how about uh, Dalton Varsho? Dalton Varsho six for twenty two uh, on this homestand. Now. The good news is he had just one home run at home coming into this homestand, but got two in this homestand. So there's a guy, hopefully that arrow is pointed upwards. 
Between the years, hard to say what's going on with Dalton Varshow. I mean, he comes to the ballpark one day, he's hitting in the three spot. The next day, he's hitting the five spot. The next day, the four spot. The next day, the eight spot. As long as this isn't messing with him mentally, then okay, John Schneider, do your thing with the lineups, I, I guess. But uh, definitely, uh, you know, Dalton Varshow on a long list of Toronto Blue Jays that, that need to get things going offensively. Whit Merrifield overall does have things going offensively. Not great in this homestand, just five for 19, just one for two for stolen bases. I mean, Whit, I mean, not bad, right? Uh, Alejandro Kirk, oh boy, there's no not bad about it. Three for 18, three for 18 in this homestand. Hopefully Danny Jansen is back soon. It does look like Danny Jansen is going to be back very soon. And then, of course, Brandon Belt and Kevin Kiermaier. I mean, what did we see in the homestand with these guys? Hopefully Belt will be back you know, very soon as he's been absolutely fire lately, right? Absolute fire. And he was on base in the Baltimore series a few weeks ago. How did he do against Baltimore pitching? Well, he was on base six of the 12 times he came to the plate. And hopefully Kevin Kiermaier going to get back sooner rather than later as well, for obvious reasons. We know how good he is. But he's also the first two pitchers that the Orioles will throw out there in this series. Kiermaier's hit them both very, very well. So really, really, really want him back sooner rather than later. What else did we see in this homestand? Well, incredibly, amazingly. I mean, maybe you could see at this point, you could have seen it coming. But at the beginning of the season, I was going to tell you that at some point in mid-June, we would see a suspension to the season of Alec Manoa. We would see the Toronto Blue Jays tell him to go to Florida and, and suspend all sporting activities for a little while. Wow. Wow. And as Alec Manoa walks out the door, by the way, that's an 8.68 Rogers Center ERA so far for Alec Manoa. In this homestand, what else did we see? Well, we saw numerous, unfortunately, um, as per usual, or, or, or at least once again, we saw numerous managerial and coaching blunders. My goodness, the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays are not going to do anything for hair regrowth for me. I can, I mean, that that's already a fact. Well, last thing that I want to mention that we saw in this homestand was I thought Trevor Richards remained on fire. Back on May 9th, Richards allowed a pair of runs to the Phillies. Now, since then, he's thrown 16 and two-thirds innings pitch, just three earned runs. Yes, two of them were in this homestand. Yes, it was against Houston, but that was, that again, that 11-4 game where every Houston hit everything that game. So I'm not even overly concerned with that. But since that May 9th, since he gave up those runs to the Phillies back on May 9th, that's over a month ago, 1-6-2 ERA. And in those 16 and two-thirds innings, 28 strikeouts and a whole lot of, like an absolute mess load of, awesome change-ups. Tre Trevor Richards is, is making highlight reels, like like ESPN, yeah, things like, like highlight reels are around around North America right now in baseball just for how incredible his change-up has been. And he's thrown some that have been nasty, 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 nasty. Coming up on the Lockdown Blue Jays, we'll deep dive this nine-game road trip. Get set for it. It's an absolute doozy. And a reminder that all of those games available on SiriusXM I first wanted to mention for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. Well, it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. You just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know that, pit, that, that part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. And when you shop at eBay Motors, with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices all on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit available for U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Toronto Blue Jays head out on this nine-game road trip. I mentioned it's a doozy. How about at Baltimore, at Texas, at Miami? These three teams have combined to play 96 home games this season so far, 62 and 34. 
<laughs> wow, yeah, really, really good home teams. Now, they start with three at Baltimore. In the 29 times that the Blue Jays played the Orioles in 2020 and 2021, the Blue Jays absolutely dominated to the tune of 24 and 14. I love those days. I loved those days when the Blue Jays were just beating up, where the Orioles were a surefire last place team. And we knew the Orioles were coming. Everydayers will know. We've talked about the Orioles before. We knew they were coming, but I did not think they were coming until next season. With the starting pitching they have right now, I have absolutely no idea how they're winning baseball games. But the truth is, they are winning baseball games. My goodness. The Blue Jays, uh, now, there, there is some good news here, okay? There is some good news here. I, I know that, <laughs> that a few weeks back, the Orioles did sweep the Blue Jays at home in a weekend series, and uh, only one of the games was really close. But anyway, at Camden Yards in Baltimore, definite glass half full material here. Blue Jays have been absolute fire there over the last several years. How about 23-11 and 11 run for the Toronto Blue Jays at Camden Yards in Baltimore? The last time the Blue Jays lost a season series on the road in Baltimore was all the way back in 2018. Okay, let's go, right? Let's go. Now, after that, they'll head to the Lone Star State for a reunion with Marcus Samian. Oh, I'm so sorry. But before I move off that Baltimore, I really should mention, because I, I think this is key. I really should mention this. The Baltimore Orioles definitely going to be without Cedric Mullins for this series. We know how good he is. That's that's big. We know how good he is. And also right now, Ryan Mountcastle, who I don't know what he does against other teams, but it doesn't seem to be much. What does he do against the Toronto Blue Jays? He, he's another reason. He's another reason for the bald head. This guy smashes Toronto Blue Jay pitching. He's out injured currently. We'll see if he's going to be back for this game. Sorry, I should mention that, right? A couple of key injuries to Baltimore before, before we head to the Lone Star State, before we head to Texas with the reunion with Marcus Simeon. If you're wondering how Marcus Simeon is doing, the former Blue Jay, you know what? I, I doubt that you even are wondering. He, he's the one former Blue Jay that I find the fans really keep up with. A lot of fans keeping up with Moreno, Mateo, and Lourdes. Yes, I mean, all true, yes, but man, it's so easy to daydream what this team, what this franchise would would, would be if Marcus Simeon was still part of it. Can you imagine the the double play combo of Simeon and Bo? These, I mean, in, in fact, both of them with a 3.3 war right now, which is, you know, tops, tops in all of baseball. Just absolutely incredible seasons they're both having. Marcus Simeon's OPS is at 848, which is a smidge behind Bo. So Marcus Simeon would be second on the Toronto Blue Jays. And again, him and Bo, I mean, what a double play combo they would be. I know, I know, I know. Craig, stop with the what could have been because it's too painful. It just would have been absolutely epic. I do hear that. Now, the last time that the Blue Jays lost a season series to the Texas Rangers uh, was back in 2012. Blue Jays have won seven of the last nine matchups as well. So... I, I mean, Texas, here's another team. Here's another team. Baltimore saw coming. Texas definitely, I mean, Baltimore saw coming down the road. Texas, I didn't see coming at all, at all, especially in 2023. I, I thought they threw a lot of money at a lot of different problems, and it, it's rare that that works. In fact, DeGrom already gone and out, right? But holy cow, is Texas putting together a, a season. They're ahead of the Houston Astros right now. They, they are looking, they're a 41-win team right now. By the way, so are the Baltimore Orioles. How's that for a road trip starter? 41 win Orioles team than a 41 win Rangers team. My goodness. Now, historically speaking, of course, things look real good when it comes to the Toronto Blue Jays versus the Texas Rangers. The 2015 ALDS saw the Rangers upset the Blue Jays in games one and games two. Right? That's a best of five series. That was scary. That was scary. But of course, the Blue Jays would rhyme off wins in games three, four, and five to win that series. These two franchises would meet again the very next season in the very, very same American League Division series, and the Toronto Blue Jays would sweep that time. So 
2-0 series lead for the Rangers in 2015 goes all the way to the Blue Jays on a 6-0 run against the Rangers in the playoffs. And in there, of course, you may remember the bat flip. Okay, okay. Last season, Blue Jays took two out of three in Texas. Bo Vlad and Chapman all had really good series at Globe Life Field, so hopefully that's something to get excited about, as did Danny Jansen. We mentioned earlier he should be back with the Blue Jays soon. This ballpark should, or at the very least could, it gives gives Jansen a chance to kickstart himself. Because remember, that that was the, the, the real kicker about Jansen getting hurt, not only from a catcher's depth standpoint. I mean, obviously, yes. But Danny Jansen, at the time of him going out to his injury, was really starting to play good baseball and really starting to catch fire. And earlier in the season, even when Jansen wasn't hitting, his defense and his game calling was wow, wow, wow. He, he was calling the shutouts left, right, and center, right? So it'd be great to have Danny Jansen back. It'd be great to have him hitting at Globe Life Field in Texas. And then now, just like in the Rangers matchup, where the Blue Jays have won seven of the last nine matchups, same with the Miami Marlins. That's where the Blue Jays will head next. Now, Miami and the Blue Jays haven't played in a while. That is true. And, and I'm sure that former manager, for, former Marlins manager Don Manningly will be holding court throughout that series. But again, if the playoffs started today, the Toronto Blue Jays are out. The Miami Marlins are in. And the Miami Marlins right now are hot. They've got 12 wins in their last 15 games. And remember that that's a three-game series that's on the heels of the Rangers, who've won 15 out of 21, which is on an opening uh, on the heels of an opening series against the very tough Oakland A's. All three opponents on this road trip again in the playoffs, and the Blue Jays will not face another playoff team for a while. So, could a five and four road trip, you know, be be great on the surface? I'd have to say it's always when 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 you say things like this, it's always one of those "be careful what you wish for," right? Because on the surface, wouldn't we sign up for five and four right here and right now? But then we'd be upset. What if the Jays win five of the first six games, right? And then go and get swept by by the Marlins and end up that five and four, right? So it's 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 one of those you know you always be careful what you wish for. But I do think, I mean, I have to think that right here, right now, given uh, the factors of where the Blue Jays are in the standings. They're a game over 500. You just you want to be a 500 team on the road. This is three very, very, very good teams, and don't play another playoff team for a while. So if they can tread water here, don't fall flat on their face on this road trip. Remember that three and six road trip a couple of weeks back. Uh-uh. Cannot happen here. Needs to be minimum four and five, hopefully minimum five and four. Now you ride the, the wave of the schedule really becoming in the favor of the Toronto Blue Jays, and you make your run going forward. Now, over the weekend, the Toronto Blue Jays played games numbers 65, 66, and 67 of the season. So let's have some fun looking at those numbers and their significance in franchise history. Let's start with number 65. 65 is the Toronto Blue Jay franchise records for most sacrifice flies over the course of a career as a Toronto Blue Jay. And that record belongs to who is an, an absolute RBI machine in Toronto Blue Jay history. Yeah, Joe Carter. Absolute RBI machine. Stark contrast, right, <laughs> to the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays hitting with runners in scoring position. Joe Carter did not leave a man in scoring position out there. He did not leave an RBI opportunity on the table. He did whatever it took, hook or crook, to get that run, and he was so good at that. In 92, Joe Carter led baseball with 13 uh, sack flies, led again in 93 with 13 sack flies, 92-93. Blue Jays champions, Blue Jays champions, and Joe Carter hitting right in the middle of that lineup. Joe Carter would be a Blue Jay for seven seasons. He would amass 736 RBIs as a Toronto Blue Jay. My goodness. In six of his seven seasons with the Blue Jays, he would get at least 100 RBIs. In fact, all told in his career, how about 10 seasons for Joe Carter? Double digits with at least triple digit RBIs. My goodness. 
his last season with with at least 100 RBIs was uh, 1997. That was as a 37-year-old with the Toronto Blue Jays. I mean, all the way through his career, he hit and, and he hit with men in scoring position. How about did he come through with men in scoring position? Did he drive in runs in the playoffs? Well, we know. We know the touch them all, Joel. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. We know what happened in Game 6 of the 93 World Series against the Phillies, yes, but all told 20 playoff RBIs for the Toronto Blue Jays. And, and again, yes, uh, uh, RBIs 18, 19, and 20 <laughs> were, were amazing, were spectacular. But Joe Carter, my God, always uh, always awesome to, to be able to shout out Joe Carter. Number 66, how about Juan Guzman? Juan Guzman wore number 66 for the Toronto Blue Jays. Eight of his 10 seasons in the big leagues, Juan Guzman was a Toronto Blue Jay. 76 and 62 overall for the Jays, ERA just over four. And you may think, you know, if you're around for Guzman, you saw how good he was, or if you just heard the lore of Juan Guzman, I, I feel like he is a little underrated in Blue Jay history, but I know you've you've heard of him and, 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 and people have heard of him and know that he was good. So you might be a little surprised to hear that his career ERA was, was at 4.07. He did have a lot of blow-up seasons uh, towards the end of his Blue Jay tenure. He, he had, I mean... A, a lot of blow up seasons at the end there he, where where he where, where, where his uh, legend was born was at the beginning of his career just some fantastic seasons with the Toronto Blue Jays his first three seasons in baseball all with the Blue Jays 91 92 and 93 they were eye pop emoji he was 30 and 11 he was 30 and 11 those first three seasons with the Toronto Blue Jays 18 and 5 with the 92 champions then 14 and 3 with the 93 champions and, and how was he in the playoffs, by the way? How was Juan Guzman in the playoffs for the Toronto Blue Jays? How about the term cash money? He's five and one, or he went five and one over the course of his career in the Blue Jays for the uh, in the playoffs. The Blue Jays won seven of his eight playoff starts. I mean, is that good? The only playoff start they lost of Juan Guzman's was game five of the 93 World Series. That was on the heels of, remember that game four? Every day as well, remember, we've talked about that game four a few times here, that 15 to 14 unbelievable baseball game. One of the most incredible baseball games I've ever seen in my life. That 15 to 14 victory that made it three to one, made the series three to one for the Blue Jays and meant that game for uh, a four and uh, sorry, three and four that were in Philly. Blue Jays won those two games in Philly. And then game five was also in Philly. And Kurt Schilling just said, uh, uh-uh, Hey, Blue Jays, you aren't three, one Blue Jays, Kurt Schilling in that game uh, five against Juan Guzman he said, Blue Jays, you are not uh, taking the championship here on our on our home field here, Kurt Schilling was incredible. A complete game shutout. Juan Guzman uh, pitched seven great innings that game as well. So that's the only loss that the Blue Jays ever had with Guzman on the mound in the playoffs is because Kurt Schilling spun that absolute gem. When Juan Juan was on, when Juan was on, that was fun to say. When Juan was on, he, he could sink his fastball. He could rise his fastball. Had a really good slider plus a curve. I mean, and and he was. They used to say about him that he was just wild enough to be effective because he was running it up there in in the low to mid nineties, which in the early nineties was was eye pop emoji. I mean, that was a serious pitch, right? You're running it up there in in the in the early to to mid nineties. Back in the in the early to mid nineties, that, that that was a very very legit heater, and again, all kinds of movement on his pitches. When he was on, he was just 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 nasty. Juan Guzman, one of the great pitchers, I would say, in Toronto Blue Jay franchise history. Again, I want to say one of the more underrated pitchers in Toronto Blue Jay franchise history. Maybe it's the at the end of the day, maybe it's the overall numbers, but man, his stuff, holy 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 moly. Who else wore number 26? Who else wore number 66 in Toronto Blue Jay franchise history? How about Moon and Nori Kawasaki? Wow. You, you remember him, right? Everybody remembers Kawasaki, yes? First Japanese-born player for the Blue Jays. 
was on Team Japan in in 2006. That was the first ever World Baseball uh, Classic, or, and uh, and Japan won that. So he was on the first World Baseball Classic champions. How cool is that? On the professional level, he played all four infield positions. I mean, he this guy have glove will travel. Decent hitter, not a great hitter, spray hitter, right? But that glove, holy moly, he was really, really, really good defensively. Uh, played a lot in, in in the Japan League and did. I mean, was one of the stars in the Japan League. I, I think it was like a seven time All Star, if I remember correctly. In in the Japan League, he was uh, my goodness. Even when he left uh, Major League Baseball, he went back to the Japan League because he was just such a star there. On the major league level, you would say that Kawasaki was was a real, real good depth guy to have in your organization. Again, because of, of the defense and just such a great clubhouse guy, right? You know, Munanora Kawasaki. Uh, he, my mind's eyes telling me that there was one time, but I really don't think there was where where he was actually brought up uh, uh, because of skill, like because he was doing well. I mean, you know, like like he he, he had kicked down the door for a promotion. I'm pretty sure that every time Kawasaki came up to the big league level, it was to replace an injury. But again, that's what we talk about—a depth guy in your organization, right? I mean, uh, Jose Reyes, Melky Cabrera, uh, Steve Tollison, Macy uh, Asturias. Uh, a lot of these guys over the the couple seasons that that Kawasaki was in the Blue Jays organization would get hurt. Up would come Kawasaki, and Munonori Kawasaki. You talk about a quick fan favorite. Mark DeRosa, do you remember Mark DeRosa? He was the manager of the Team USA in the World Baseball in this past World Baseball Classic, and he does just an outstanding job on the MLB Network. Well, he was a Toronto Blue Jay. That this is towards the end of his playing career, and he pretty much helped introduce Munonori Kawasaki to the Toronto Blue Jay fan base, and it was a quick love affair thereafter. Kawasaki, so easy to cheer for. What's not to love about that guy, right? That's a wrap for Monday's Locked On Blue Jays podcast. Locked On Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Keep it locked on the Locked On Podcast Network and check out Sully hosting Locked On MLB. Later this week, I'm joined by prospect guru Aram Layton. I cannot wait for that. He's from Just Baseball, and we'll be deep diving Toronto Blue Jay prospects. Drop your comments with what Blue Jay prospects you want us to talk about. Go Jays go, and we'll talk tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.